A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Lesson number 69 Surah Al-Ma'idah will begin from ayah number 7 وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ And remember the favor of Allah upon you وَمِيثَاقَهُ And his covenant Which covenant? الَّذِي وَاثَقَكُمْ بِهِ Which he bound you with The covenant which he made you take and when you took it, you were bound to observe it. You were bound to live by it. Which covenant is this? This covenant, this promise, refers to the covenant, the promise of summer and ta'a, of hearing and obeying. That every believer makes, either directly or indirectly, when he accepts Islam. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, when the people embraced Islam, what happened? They would take bay'ah. Meaning they would give the Pledge of Allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ. In which they would promise to hear and obey. To accept every order and obey it, follow it. But this is not just limited to the time of the Prophet ﷺ. After him, after the time of the Sahaba even, any person who is either a born Muslim or becomes Muslim. Everyone who says they are Muslim, then it is as though they have entered into a pact, into a covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because a Muslim is who? The one who has surrendered. The word Muslim itself, what does it refer to? It refers to a camel whose rope is in the hand of the master. So the camel is completely submissive. Wherever the master leads, the camel follows. Whatever the master commands, the camel does. So this is who a Muslim is. The one who obeys, the one who submits, the one who hears and obeys. So Allah says, remember this covenant which Allah has bound upon you, which you are mandated to observe. As believers, you have to hear and obey. إِذْ قُلْتُمْ سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا When you said, we hear and we obey. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ And fear Allah because indeed Allah is all-knowing of that which occupies the hearts, which occupies the chest. Meaning whatever feelings you have in your heart, Allah knows about it. Whatever intentions, whatever resolve you have in the heart, Allah knows about it. Therefore fear Allah concerning not just the physical actions, but also the state of the heart. Because sometimes we might be obeying outwardly. But what's the state of the heart? Is the heart in submission as well? Because the one who says, Samr wa ta'a, Samirna wa atarna, then he has submitted internally and externally. So externally a person may obey, may submit out of the fear of people. Everyone's praying taraweeh, I should also pray taraweeh. Everyone's reading Qur'an, I should also read Qur'an. Everyone's fasting, I should also do that. Okay, there is ita'a, there is summer. But is there ita'a of the heart as well? What's the state of the heart? Is that in submission as well? Then Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ Be persistently standing firm for Allah. شُهَدَاءَ بِالْقِسْطِ Witnesses in justice. Earlier in Surah An-Nisa, we learned a very similar command. Where the believers were commanded, كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ بِالْقِسْطِ 
be those who are standing firm for the cause of, for the sake of justice, meaning ever establishing justice in every situation, every circumstance. Over there it was said, Shuhada'a lillahi. Be witnesses, meaning when you testify, when you give testimony, do so for whose sake? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. Because that will ensure that you speak the truth. Over here the command is slightly different. But the meaning is very similar. And what is that? That, O oh believers, kunu qawwamina lillahi. Be qawwameen for the sake of Allah. Who is qawwam? One who is persistently, constantly standing, standing firm. And standing doesn't mean that a person is standing and never sitting. What it implies is that a person is always maintaining and upholding, fulfilling their responsibilities, the dues, the obligations, constantly. You know, if a person is standing everywhere he goes, what does it mean? He's alert, he's active, he's engaged, he's involved. So likewise, قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ That be persistently standing firm, ever upholding what? لِلَّهِ for Allah, meaning His rights, for His sake. People stand up for whose rights? Their rights. They demand rights for certain people. Sometimes animals, sometimes the environment. And some people, they're so hardcore about this, that they will not shop at certain places, they will not buy certain clothes, they will not support certain businesses. Why? They don't really care about the environment that much. They're so hardcore about this. Because if they will support them, what will happen? Certain groups, certain people, the environment, the animals, they will suffer. So it doesn't matter whether they're at Walmart, it doesn't matter whether they're at the mall, it doesn't matter whether they are at home, whether they're at school, they're at work, they will recycle everywhere they go. Right? They will buy only those products which are environmentally friendly. They will make major changes to their lifestyle. Why? Because they're constantly upholding the rights of the certain group which they are supporting. I know of a sister who believes so strongly in recycling that it doesn't matter whether she's at a wedding or she is at somebody's house or she's at a masjid. She doesn't care. She will start announcing paper plates here, cups here, this here, this here. She will start recycling things herself. She will make a separate pile herself. And sometimes she will even take the recycling to her own house so that she can throw it in the recycling, it doesn't go in the garbage waste. So this woman is standing up for the cause of recycling everywhere she goes. This is who a qawwam is. So she's qawwameen for who? The recycling. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ لِلَّهِ People struggle for their rights. People struggle for the good of the environment. You have to stand up for Allah's rights no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in. And what does it mean by upholding the rights of Allah? It means obeying Allah, following His directives, His commands, no matter what situation you are in. Whether you are at home, or you are at work, or you are at school, whether it is Ramadan, outside of Ramadan, whether you are on vacation, 
or you are busy working, no matter what situation you are in, whether you're getting married, or you're giving birth, or you're single, doesn't matter. Whatever situation you are in, in your life, whatever stage of life you're at, Allah says, كُونُوا قَوَّمِينَ لِلَّهِ Stand up for Allah's rights. Uphold Allah's rights. Meaning obey Allah persistently, constantly, wherever you are. Because what happens with us many times is that we will obey Allah when we are at home. We will pray at time. If somebody comes who's non-mahram, we will put our hijab on. We won't listen to the music. We will make sure that the environment in our house is Islamic. It's good. It's in obedience to Allah. But when we are sometimes hanging out with our friends, or when we are you know, at school, then we will do certain things which don't fall in this category. Many girls, very religious, very obedient. But when it comes time to get married, then on their wedding day, they disobey Allah. How? That I have to put makeup on, and this makeup is costing me $200. I have to get my hair done and it's costing me over a hundred dollars. And if I do wudu, my makeup will get ruined. It will have to come off. So I'm not going to pray right now. Instead, I'm going to delay my salah. They're not traveling. They're not allowed to delay their prayers. They're not sick. They're not allowed to delay their prayers. But they will delay their prayers just for the sake of those two hundred dollars, those three hundred dollars, just for the sake of that makeup. Is this being qawwamina lillahi? Not at all. This is not someone who is obedient to Allah everywhere. This is not someone who is upholding the rights of Allah. No. You have to obey Allah whether it is your wedding day or your daughter's wedding day. No matter what it is, you have to obey Allah everywhere, all the time. Because we are not supposed to be seasonal Muslims. Okay? But rather we're supposed to be what kind of Muslims? Year-round Muslims. So, كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ Ever upholding Allah's rights, His حقوق. And this includes that you obey Him yourself constantly and also ensure that He is obeyed. It's like you recycle yourself, but you also make sure that other people recycle for the good of the environment. So likewise, obey Allah yourself and ensure that others are also obeying Allah. Doesn't mean that you go and force people. Doesn't mean that people who are far from the deen, who don't know anything, you go and force them. You go and humiliate them, insult them, and order them around. No, this is not the way. What is meant is that whatever is within your capacity, whoever is in that category of people whom you can tell, whom you can teach, whom you can instruct, then you are bound to make sure that they also remain obedient to Allah. So for example, within your classmates, you can't tell everybody, but your close circle of friends, can you tell them? If one person is backbiting, can you stop them? Yes. If one person is delaying their prayer, can you tell them to pray? Yes. Likewise in your house, at work, if somebody's got a musical ringtone on, of a song, of, of some music CD or something, and every time their phone goes off, that song goes off, okay, you can't say much to them. But if it's your spouse, your brother, your sister, should you be telling them? Yes. And we have learned about the details of Amr bin Ma'roof. 
We have learned about the details of Amr bin Ma'roof or Nahir al-Munkar in detail. So we know what the etiquette is, who we should tell, who we should not tell. But we learn from here that it is our obligation as Muslims, when we have made the covenant of Samr wa Ta'a, that we obey Allah throughout our lives, in every situation, and we also ensure that He is obeyed. So a person has to see who is under him, who he can advise, whom he can instruct, whom he can teach. He is responsible. كُونُوا لِلَّهِ شُهَدَاءَ بِالْقِسْطِ Witnesses in justice. Witnesses for the sake of fairness. شُهَدَاءَ Plural of shaheed. So those who testify, those who witness, those who witness to what? Al-qist. So stand for Allah's sake as witnesses for justice. Meaning establish justice in obedience to who? In obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stand up for the rights of Allah and stand up for the rights of others as well. So stand up for justice. Justice. And for everyone, starting from the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the greatest justice is to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His rights. And then after Him, from amongst the creation, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then after Him, the rest of the Muslims. And it begins from who? Those who are closest to you. So, كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ شُهَدَاءَ بِالْقِسْطِ وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ And do not let it provoke you. لَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ From Jim Ramim. We have done this word earlier in detail. So don't let this incite you. What? شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ The enmity of a certain people. That just because you have enmity for them or they have enmity for you, don't let this drive you to do what? Allah upon Allah ta'dilu that you do not do justice. Allah is a combination of un and la. So don't let the animosity, the hatred, the enmity of a people make you commit injustice. Don't let it stop you from fairness. So in other words, don't get carried away by your emotions. What is haq? is haq. What is true, is true. What is right, is right. And what is wrong, is wrong. So don't let your emotions decide what you should support and what you should oppose. No. What should decide? The haq. Justice. Justice should make you decide what you should support and what you should oppose. وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ because typically what happens is that those whom we like, we believe that they are always right. And those people whom we don't like, we believe that it is always their fault. Is this so? Is this how we typically think? That if it's our friend, then even if she's wrong, we will support her. And if it's that girl in my class, whom I don't like since second grade, Right? And all these years we happen to be in the same class, but I don't like her. I've never been able to get along with her. Then it is her fault. Then even if she is right, I will not support her. This is not justice. This is following the desires. And we have been told to maintain justice, not to follow the desires. So it happens many times in the family, in a household even. It happens. That for example, 
On the one hand is a person's daughter. And on the other hand is a person's daughter-in-law. If they both end up in some kind of argument, or there is something for which both are to be blamed, or one is to be blamed, then what happens? Typically, the mother will incline towards the daughter. She will support her. And it happens to be the daughter-in-law's fault. Or on the other hand, if it's the mother-in-law, and on the other hand is your own mother, or your own daughter, or your own sister, then if they have a problem with one another, whose fault is it? The mother-in-law. Why? Because you don't like her. Between relatives, there's one uncle, you don't like them. There's another uncle, so nice. They have some problem, whose fault is it? This uncle who's not nice. Right? This uncle whom I've never been able to get along with. So much so, that if there is any problem in our lives, what do we say? This person, they must have done black magic. This person, this closest relative of mine, they must be jealous. This must be their hasad. This must be their ayin. We make false assumptions. Yes, sometimes there are reasons to believe that such is the case. But not every time. Not every time. Likewise, if there is a problem, people will think, well, this person whom I don't get along with, they are doing some conspiracy against me. They are going to everybody and talking to them about me. They are spreading rumors about me. And you have no evidence to prove that. So this is not justice. This is not fairness. This is what? Following the desires. So Allah says, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا Don't let this enmity of a people prevent you from being fair. He commands us, اِعْدِلُوا Be fair, be just. Why? Because هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ It is closer to piety. It is closer to taqwa. What does it mean? That when a person is fair, then they have the taqwa of Allah in their heart. What is taqwa of Allah? Fear of Allah. Fear of being answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear of being questioned by Allah. Fear that today I can do whatever I want to. However, tomorrow Allah is going to ask me. Fear of His punishment. Fear of His questioning. So the one who will have this taqwa in the heart, that I have to answer Allah and Allah knows the reality, then what will this person do? He will be fair. He will be just. Then his feelings will not come in and prevent him from fairness. إِنَّ Allah خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Indeed, Allah is fully aware of whatever that you do. Therefore, fear Him. And therefore, have justice. And we see that taqwa of Allah, this is what enables a person to be fair. In this dunya, it's taqwa of sometimes the law that forces people to be fair. Sometimes it's taqwa of the police which forces people to be fair. But this is all temporary. Because as soon as they will be out of that land where that law is enforced, then they will not be fair. Like for example, if there is a person, they don't get along with their daughter, they want to physically abuse them, what is it that prevents them? It's the taqwa of the police. But what will happen? They will get that daughter out of that country, go somewhere else, and then they will do whatever they want to. Which taqwa is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to? The taqwa of Allah. Wattaqullaha. Because then you will maintain justice, you will be fair wherever you are. In whichever country, whichever city, whichever room, whichever building, whichever street, 
wherever you are, you will be fair then. Because Allah is watching you no matter where you hide, no matter where you go. Sometimes it's the fear of the neighbors that they will hear the screams and they might call the police. Sometimes it's the fear of certain relatives that they're in the house and then they will come to find out that I'm committing this injustice against my spouse or against my children. And the moment they're out, then a person does whatever he wants to. But the one who will fear Allah, then he will be just and fair whether other people are around or they are not around. Whether the neighbors are there or they are not there. So it's the fear of Allah truly that makes a person just with himself and also with others. Umar anhu as a khalifa, he was so just and fair that he would say that if a dog were to die out of thirst by the river Dajla, then Umar will be questioned. Because I am the khalifa and I am supposed to look after everyone who is under me. And if there is an animal even that dies out of hunger, out of thirst then it is my fault. This is what forced him to be so just and fair that at times he would be hungry, he would be thirsty, and he died in a state where he left behind only one pair of clothes that he was wearing. This is how fearful he was, and this is what enabled him to be fair. She's mentioning a story that she read somewhere about a girl who was getting married. She did her wudu, and um, she had her makeup put on, everything. And then... Right when she was about to pray, she lost her wudu. So if she were to go and do wudu again, first of all, all that makeup would be gone. And then secondly, it would take more time because then they would have to apply that makeup again. However, her family wanted her to come already, so they said pray later. But she insisted. People did get upset. Her family did get upset with her, but she insisted. And while she was praying salah, she passed away. While she was praying salah, she passed away. Isn't this possible? Definitely. Because we don't know when death will approach us. We don't know when we're going to die. Therefore, كُنُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ Be always, always upholding the rights of Allah. Be always in a state of summer and ta'a to Allah. Be always fair and just. And what can help a person be fair and just? The fear of Allah, that Allah is watching me wherever I am, whatever situation I'm in. إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah has promised those people who believe. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they also do righteous deeds. Who will do righteous deeds? The one who does summer and ta'at. The one who hears and obeys. The one who doesn't hear and obey, he can't do righteous deeds. So iman is the first step. And the second step is what? Hear and obey. So those who believe and do good deeds, Allah has promised for them. What? لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ That for them is forgiveness. وَأَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ And a great reward. Forgiveness for their shortcomings. And a great reward. But a great reward is given to what? Great deeds, right? Great reward is awarded to great performance. So if our performance is not there, if our performance is not up to par, then where do we expect the great reward from? On the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieve, وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا And they deny our verses, deny our signs, أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمُ Those are the companions of the blazing hellfire. Notice what's mentioned over here, كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا They 
call our ayat a lie. They refuse to believe in our ayat. What are ayat? Remember there are two types of ayat? Kauni and Shari. Shari ayat, what do they contain? Commands, laws, instructions, prohibitions. So if a person hears and obeys, then that means he is doing their tasdeeq. He is affirming their truthfulness. Because he says that yes, this is true. And I will prove that it's true by doing it, by living it. And if there's a person who doesn't observe them, rather contradicts the commands with his actions, then he is mocking at the commands. He is rejecting them. He is doing their takdeeb in a way. So remember that knowing the commands alone is not sufficient. It's about following them. Because those who know, yet they don't follow, then their outcome is much worse. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ Recitation. وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَمِيثَاقَهُ الَّذِي وَاثَقَكُمْ بِهِ إِذْ قُلْتُمْ إِذْ قُلْتُمْ سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ شُهَدَاءَ بِالْقِسْطِ وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا اِعْدِلُوهُ وَأَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصالحات لهم مغفرة وأجر عظيم والذين كفروا وكذبوا بآياتنا أولئك أصحاب الجحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا O you who have believed اذكروا نعمة الله عليكم Remember the blessing of Allah upon you now the thing is that when a person becomes of those who are قَوَّامِينَ لِلَّهِ شُهَدَاءَ بِالْقِسْطِ who are always obeying Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also helps them and He protects them and He supports them. You know in the Qur'an we learn that Allah is the wali, He is the friend of who? The believers. Remember that there are different levels of friendship that people have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, we learn that Allah is the Rabb of the worlds, meaning that He maintains them, He looks after them, He provides for them, He heals the sick, He helps the ones in distress, whether they believe in Him or they don't believe in Him, whether they worship Him or they don't. A person who is sinful gets sick, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cures him. A person who is very sinful is in a lot of trouble and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps him out. We see this. A person needs money and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes him so rich. So Allah is the Rabb of Alameen, right? Of all the creation. Now again, there are different levels at which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of, looks after His creation. One is a general level. General level. Which is that Anyone who asks Allah for help, anyone who is in a needy state, Allah helps him. Allah supports him, He provides for him. 
then there is a khas level which is that when a person is a believer then because of his iman allah helps him more than he helps others allah supports him more than he supports others allah provides for him gives him satisfaction gives him peace answers his duas fulfills his requests promises him reward that he has not promised to others this is why because of the iman of the person and then there is a level that is even higher khassat al khass of wilaya of nasr of friendship with allah of allah's help of him being rabb of ubudiyah a servant is even closer to allah and that is for example the level of the prophets that how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped them made them victorious finished their enemy those who dare to harm the prophets allah destroyed them so this level of khassatul khass that is being referred over here that all believers remember the blessing upon you when allah saved you when allah protected you from your enemy why just because of your iman just because of your close friendship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know it's like you work so hard to be on good terms with someone why so that when you're in a problem they help you the better terms you are with them the more help you expect from them when you are in difficulty which is why what happens is that certain people when they need somebody's help then a few days prior to that they start talking to them they send them a message they ask them how are you doing can i do something for you everything okay why because they want to get something out of them and as soon as what they want is over then they forget them This level of khassatul khass is not attained in this way that when you need something then you start making dua to Allah. As there are four days left before your exam, you start praying to Allah. You start praying salah with khushur and you're also making time to read your morning azkar, your evening azkar. Okay, Allah will help you inshallah. But this level is an average level you can say. The one who gets the support and help of Allah all the time is the one who is Allah's friend all the time the one who will get Allah's assistance is the one who is in obedience to Allah as well when you are qawamin lillahi always maintaining the rights of Allah then Allah will also always maintain you look out for you remember in the hadith ihfadillah yahfadka you be mindful of Allah and Allah will be mindful of you. Allah says, "Fadkuruni adkurkum." You remember me and I will remember you. So, the more you worship Allah, the more you invite the help of Allah. And this is something that we want throughout our lives. Because sometimes it happens that we experience such moments, some phases in our lives where we feel that Allah's mercy is not there. that we feel as though we're left on our own where is everybody where is allah's help you know sometimes we question what went wrong what happened so we need to check ourselves that are we also always remembering allah that we expect allah's help to always be there because over here allah reminds the believers of his special help and assistance 
But that is only granted to those who remember Allah. So this is why Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ Recall, remember the blessing, the favor of Allah upon you. Which blessing? Which favor? إِذْ هَمَّ قَوْمٌ When a certain people, they had intended, firmly resolved, the word hamma from هَمِّ mim And هَمْ is to be concerned about something, to worry about something, but it also means to think, to plan, to resolve, to do something. Remember we learned earlier, إِذْ هَمَّ الطَّائِفَتَانِ When two groups of the Muslims, they had almost intended to leave. And this was referring to the battle of Uhud. So a certain group of people, they had thoroughly planned, they had intended to, they were at the verge of doing what? أَن يَبْسُطُوا إِلَيْكُمْ أَيْدِيَهُمْ That they should extend their hands out against you. يَبْسُطُوا is from بَسَطَ To extend. So they had firmly resolved, they had thoroughly planned, they were at the verge of extending their hands out إِلَيْكُمْ Meaning to? assault you, to hurt you, to attack you. It's like somebody has already taken their hand out and the only thing that's left is slapping you across your face. So imagine your enemy had drawn their hands out, they were at the verge of attacking you, but what happened? فَكَفَّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ عَنْكُمْ But Allah withheld their hands from you. He restrained their hands. Imagine somebody is about to strike you, they have their hand up, and somebody comes and holds their hand back. And they can't hit you. They cannot hit you. They cannot hurt you. Even a little bit. So the same thing happened here. Allah restrained their hand, withheld their hands, so they weren't able to hurt you. Allah And fear Allah. وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And upon Allah should the believers rely. Now this, being saved from the attack of the enemy, being saved from the assault of the enemy, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it as what? His ni'mah, His blessing. What does this teach us? That being saved from some harm, some difficulty, some problem, this is also a huge favor of Allah upon a person. That a difficulty was approaching him. Some harm, some danger was by his feet. But what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the person. This is his special mercy upon him. Why? Why did Allah save him? Why did Allah protect him? There is always a reason. There are so many people who, when they've embraced Islam, they tell their story about how they were at the verge of dying. They were in a very difficult situation. They were about to drown. Something was about to happen. And they said, God, if you're there, save me. And I will come to you. I will be a good person. And then what happened? They made a promise there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them and led them to guidance. There is a reason why Allah saves a person from difficulty, from a problem. And it's a huge blessing of Allah upon a person when Allah saves him from that. What is that reason? It's because that person is Allah's friend. Allah is that person's friend. Wilaya khassa. Khassatul khassa. Now this is something that happened numerous times in the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Numerous times. Think about the time when he was doing hijrah. 
When he left his house, what happened as he stepped outside the house? Who was standing there? Men from various tribes of Makkah. Why? So that together they would attack him and kill him. Why? So that the blame would not fall on just one tribe. And then the Banu Hashim, the tribe of the Prophet ﷺ, they wouldn't take revenge, they would just agree to take blood money. So imagine, the Prophet ﷺ stepped out, and there's like 30 men standing there to kill one person. But what happened? Didn't Allah save Muhammad ﷺ at that time? Who made all those men sleepy? It is said that the Prophet ﷺ took a handful of dust and threw it. And this was also at Badr. So who allowed that dust to reach into their eyes? Who caused that barrier to come between those men and between the Prophet ﷺ? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Because Allah wanted to save him. Because he was Allah's friend. Think about when the Prophet ﷺ was hiding in the cave. And the mushrikeen, they reached literally the mouth of the cave. This is mentioned in Surah At-Tawbah. And if they looked down, what would happen? They would see Muhammad ﷺ and Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr anhu, he was so afraid at that time. So afraid at that time. And what did the Prophet ﷺ say to him? لا تحزن إن الله Don't worry, Allah's with us. Who prevented those mushrikeen from looking down? Who prevented them from looking down? Allah Azza wa Jal. Why? Because He was going to save His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Once the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was resting under a tree and his sword was hanging on the tree. A Bedouin who had been sent by the Quraysh, he saw that, oh, he's sleeping and his sword is not in his hand. It's hanging on the tree. He came, took his hand and he said, Oh Muhammad, who's going to save you from me? The Prophet ﷺ got up and he said, Allah Azza wa Jal, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, He will save me. The Bedouin repeated his question, Who's going to save you from me? The Prophet ﷺ said the same thing. And eventually the Bedouin man, he just got scared. I mean, who gets scared like that? Generally, who gets scared like that? Somebody accuses you of something or tries to harm you and you say, Allah will save me. Allah will help me. And people, you know, sometimes they don't even hear what you've said. But some people, their voices are heard by Allah, and Allah saves them. By the time the companions came, that Bedouin man was sitting down without the sword in his hand. And the sword was in the hand of the Prophet ﷺ. Who saved Muhammad ﷺ when he went to speak to the Yahud of Medina in order to convince them to put their share in the blood money that the people of Medina had to pay to the mushrikeen? But what happened? The Jews, they left. They said, yes, we will help you. And one of them, he went up in order to throw a huge boulder on the Prophet ﷺ to kill him. Who saved him? Who told him, get up and leave? Allah sent Angel Jibreel, right? Why? Because Allah wanted to save him. How many times people have died in this way? That somebody threw something on them, somebody shot them, and they couldn't survive. Why? Because Allah's special help wasn't there. At Uhud, we have learned this in detail. How so many people, they came looking for the Prophet ﷺ. Looking for him. Scanning the crowd, searching for his face so that they could just attack him and kill him. But the Prophet ﷺ fell in a ditch, in a hole. And Allah saved him like that. So many occasions. Remember that Jewish woman who prepared a meal for the Prophet ﷺ and poisoned the meat that she served him? And what happened? 
He just put one bite in his mouth and he was told not to eat it. He took it out. Another companion, he ate it and he died. Who saved Muhammad wasallam? Allah did. There's numerous examples in the life of the Prophet wasallam, and not just in his life, but in the lives of the companions, in the lives of many, many righteous people. Many righteous people who are in the way of Allah, they seek help from Allah, they are obedient to Him at other times, and Allah saves them, He protects them. So this is a huge blessing which is granted to those who remember Allah. Just the other day, a lady was sharing with me her story of how she got a really big traffic ticket. And she also lost some points. So anyway, she went to the court and the first time the police officer showed up and something happened because of which it was left undecided. They were given another date so she was supposed to come back three months from then. So she went. And when she went, the police officer didn't show up. When he didn't show up, so the judge, she was like, it's okay, it doesn't matter. I will reduce your fine down from hundreds of dollars to only $80. And she said, I will not remove any of your points. You have all your points. She said, before that, she was making dua, Ya Allah, you saved me. You protect me. It was my fault. You saved me. I don't want to lie here. I don't want to do anything wrong here. I just want your help. And this was amazing that not just her traffic ticket, but even the demerit points. She got everything back. Only $80 she had to pay. And I was just thinking that why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped her in this way? And the only thing I could remember about her was that she is a woman, and I can bear witness to that, who gives sadaqah. Who gives sadaqah. A lot of sadaqah. There is so many works of khair and she participates in them. She doesn't have a huge income. No. But still, I know that she gives sadaqah. Whatever money she makes, she spends in the way of Allah out of that. She helps other people with the money that she makes. And this is what happens when you remember Allah, when you obey Allah all the time, then Allah will protect you all the time as well. He will not abandon you. This is why Allah says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Fear Allah, because it's the fear of Allah that will make you obey Him. And وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The believers should only rely upon Allah. What does it mean? That whenever you're in difficulty, rely upon Him. Don't start lying over there. Don't start making things up over there. Admit your mistake, admit your fault, and seek Allah's help. Rely upon Him. Also for the future. Remember all those times when Allah saved you. All those times that He protected you. He helped you. If He helped you in the past, He will help you now and in the future. But you have to build a good reputation. You have to develop a good friendship with Allah to call His help, to invite His help. So, أُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ هَمَّ قَوْمٌ أَنْ يَبْسُطُوا إِلَيْكُمْ أَيْدِيَهُمْ فَكَفَّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ عَنْكُمْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And sometimes it happens that something is right there, but the person who wants to harm you, they just don't see it. They just don't see it. It's in front of them, yet they don't see it. Sometimes it's an obvious 
document, an obvious thing that's written, that's recorded, they just miss it. And sometimes what happens, that if the police pulls you over, then it's like one thing after the other, one problem after the other. That when we rely upon Allah, it's not pure reliance. We say that yes, yes, Allah, you help me, I trust you, I rely upon you. But at the same time, we're looking around. Can this person help me? Can that person help me? Can they give me some money? Can they you know, say something in my favor? We expect help from people as well. But true tawakkul is that you expect help from Allah alone. And who can do this? The one who does his good deeds for Allah alone. When you have ikhlas, when you develop sincerity, you're doing what you're doing only for Allah, then you can reach that level where you will expect help only from Him. وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلِيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Recitation يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ هَمَّ قَوْمٌ أَنْ يَبْسُطُوا أَنْ يَبْسُطُوا إِلَيْكُمْ أَيْدِيَهُمْ فَكَفَّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ عَنْكُمْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ